The Mixing Music Podcast is proud to say that we have a lot of free resources outside of the actual podcast. Visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash links to find access to our free PDFs and free resources. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One, two, three. Hello, and welcome back to Mixing Music. I'm your host, DK. And today, I have a little episode, a little bit of a lesson, a little bit of a life lesson as well as a mixing lesson here about efficiency and why efficiency is actually really good. And what is efficiency? Efficiency doesn't mean just getting faster. Efficiency means staying the same consistent quality and getting faster while keeping the same quality. So that actually means a lot in the mixing world. Sometimes some people kind of connect the dots and think that much more time spent on mixing means a higher quality mix. That might be the case for some people. It's never the case for me. But more importantly, wouldn't you want to be able to cut down the time it takes to finish a song? Maybe it's not just mixing. Maybe it's producing. Maybe it's songwriting. So how do you get more efficient and why does it matter? There's a video on YouTube by Leslie Brathwaite, my mentor, one of my mentors. I went to his mix with the masters. And I think he was mixing, uh, showing the mix for Happy by Pharrell Williams. Now, Pharrell's song Happy, if you see the video, has very few plugins on it. And it's a pretty minimalistic mix. And he goes through the concept while he's mixing. He says, I didn't put on these plugins. So the producer or the recording engineer put on the plugins before me. I didn't take them off because I want to be efficient. And then he went on a rant about being efficient. Basically, he says... If the younger generation, which would be me in this case, right? If the younger generation can do the same quality mix, but can do it in half the amount of time, he said, then, then I would be beat out. So let's put it in a different scenario. Let's say we're in the same age group, someone my age or someone your age, they could do the same quality in half the amount of time. Who's going to be able to do more work? Who's going to have more clients? And more importantly, if you have more clients, then you have a lot more people spreading good word of mouth which is the biggest cost. To me, if you're not efficient, the biggest cost is you will have less people spreading your name through word of mouth. Because if you can do twice as much work and have twice as much clients go through the studio or go through your whatever you're doing in that amount of time, then you'll have twice as much word of mouth. And business will grow twice as fast. More importantly, a lot of these companies nowadays, companies and artists and people, these, they all want fast turnaround times. How do you expect to keep up if you're really slow? Now, after a certain level, I want to get to a point where I can afford to slow down and take an entire day or two to finish one song. But at that point, I'm not there yet. There's a recording engineer out here in LA that has become my friend, and his name is Lou, and we'll probably have him on the show eventually. But he records a lot of bigger artists, and one of them is Keisha Cole. And one of the things that he talked about is Keisha Cole or any other client they can record themselves. We live in a generation where, like, honestly, like, the technology is so accessible 
that anybody can record themselves. So why do they hire a recording engineer? It's because they're the vibe keepers of the session. They know how to work Pro Tools or Logic or whatever really, really fast. And so the artist can continue to think about the performance and the songwriting while the engineer takes care of the button pushing. But if you aren't fast, then you can't keep the vibe. The entire point of the recording engineer at that point is to be the vibe keepers, keeping the vibes by being extra fast, extra, extra, extra fast. It's crazy, right? Same thing with mixing. Now, especially if you're fast, I'm very, very fast. I get one to three mixes done a day. I have to or else I can't stay in business. So with me, I have one to three songs a day. That's how fast I'm learning as well. I get so much better faster than everybody else because I'm efficient with my work. What's going to get you to be a better engineer? Working on a bunch of songs or working on one song for a long time? And I think the answer is working on a bunch of songs. You quickly learn what your mistakes are. You quickly learn to make fast decisions and to kind of commit to what you're doing. You don't have to overthink it. You get better over time very fast. And to be honest, the fast turnaround times clients are happy with. Now, don't ever overpromise and underdeliver by saying that you'll get it done in a day and it takes a week, right? I always say that my mixes, there's a two-week turnaround time. Usually, I finish it in a few days. But there's a two-week turnaround time just in case, just so I set the expectation to be longer. But it's never done over – usually it takes less than a week. It's very rare that it takes over a week to get anything done that's sent my way. If you'd like to send something my way, let's say you're a producer or songwriter, you can always hit me up via email, dkmixes at gmail.com, D-E-E-K-E-I, mixes at gmail.com. But more importantly, if you'd like to get some real free mix feedback, hit me up. Same email, dkmixes at gmail.com. Send me an email, tell me your questions, how you feel about the mix, and kind of your thoughts, and I'll give you some feedback on the mix. If you've listened to the first few episodes, I talked about giving feedback and how I'm very confident about giving feedback, and I feel like I know what people want to hear, and more importantly, I really feel like I can help people improve. So feel free to send me feedback. It's always free, and I always do that for all my podcast listeners. Now, I do really think that being efficient is important. One of my engineer's friends that I'm hanging out with here a lot in Van Nuys in California, LA area, um, is one of Akon's engineers. His name is Eman out in Mercenary Music Group. You can follow him on Instagram at Mercenary Music Group. And he's awesome. He's so awesome. And he's so kind to me. He was telling me that he spends about two to three days on a mix which is pretty typical, to be honest. It's uh, For out here, when you have that much outboard gear, if you find him on Instagram, he's got a crap ton of analog gear. It's insane. He could be his own mastering studio. He could build out three mastering studios. It's insane how much gear he has. But still, he says, it still takes a lot of time. And I would like to say that he, he tells me, just as if I say that I want to take longer on my songs, he tells me that he wishes that he can take shorter on his songs, like take less time on his music. And we're talking about why am I able to do it so quickly with the same amount of quality that I have. And to be honest, I don't exactly know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that I'm mostly in the box. Maybe it's the fact that I don't use presets, but I build my own. Now, I don't use templates, but I build my own presets. For example, if I use the delay, I'm probably going to use the delay. And I just put my own prefit, bring my, make my own preset and then adjust it barely as like a starting point. I never just drop it and leave it. I, I have a starting point and I move from there. Even simple things like, for example, if the EQ is switching at different frequencies, I'll set the default to be at the frequency that I usually cut out or add, right? So th- small things like that that barely move um, 
barely save time, but it does save a lot of time. For example, another one is the 1176. I'll set the release time and the ratio uh, to be exactly the same as if I were to do it when I'm mixing a vocal because I love the 1176 on vocals. So instead of me reaching for the ratio and for the release time and attack time every single time, I just made a preset for it, and all I have to do is adjust the input or the output. It's beautiful. It's, that saves time, right? And for me, that's one of the ways that I do it, but I think it's also a mentality, Now, the mentality that I have to tell you is kind of controversial, but I think you'll understand my point of view. I think that a good mix is never perfect. It's never perfect. And I think that most people will never reach perfection. There's a point that in Brian Hood and Chris Graham's podcast, they talk in Six Figure Home Studio, they talk about a lot about diminishing returns. At what point is it not worth the effort to put in, right? For example... For the first hour to two hours of your mixing, you're probably going to finish 90% of the mix. And any time after that, you're just barely hitting percentages. It's not changing that much. Was it worth spending that much time on it? Nah. The thing is, my 90%, my first hour or two is close to 100%. I've gotten to the point where I'm done. And more importantly, I've gotten that good where I'm confident enough that I'm done because I've learned so much by doing so many, by being very efficient. But more importantly, like... It's a mentality. I know it's never going to be perfect. So the one way that I check, and this might work for you, you can try this at home. The one way that I check if the song is done is when I'm done after an hour or two or three or however long it takes, depending on the size of the traction, how much hassle it gives me. When I'm done, I bounce it online. I hit export online bounce. And you see this on my Instagram stories where I'm bouncing the session online and I play through the song one last time to let it print through and save it. Now, the reason why I do this is because I want to hear the song one last time. And the way that I do it is actually the most important part. I turn the volume down. I probably put it on my Aventone Mix Cube or I put it really low on my mains. And I just let it play. And I look at my phone and I start going on Instagram. I purposefully distract myself at a very low volume. Now, If something sticks out to me while I'm distracted and while it's on a very low volume, then I will probably stop the bounce, fix it, and go back. But 9 out of 10 times, if nothing distracts me on the bounce while I'm distracted and the volume is really low, then it's good enough. It's done. Because obviously when I'm paying attention and I'm trying to be critical of my own work, I will never be satisfied and I will never hit that perfect mix. I will always find something that I want to change as it's bouncing. But if it's not distracting while it's low and distra- while I'm distracted and while the volume is low, then it's good. To be honest, like it happens quite often where I do a bounce down and I'm not, I'm distracted and the volume's low and I notice something out the back of my, you know, at the corner of my ear, I guess. I, I don't know if that's the right phrase where I notice something is off. Oh, that's, that's a little bit too loud. Like if it's wrong, you'll notice. Even if you're distracted, you'll notice. But if I'm just vibing to the music, looking at my phone and I don't notice anything, it's good enough. And that's my mentality. And you should try that at home. Let me know what you think, if that works, if it doesn't work. But the most important thing is there's no such thing as a perfect mix. A perfect mix is an emotional mix. And emotional mixes aren't perfect. So take that with a grain of salt. Let me know what you think. Happy mixing. And stay saucy, my friends. One, two, three.
If you'd like to take advantage of my free guides and online videos, please check out links.dkmixes.com. That's links.dekeimixes.com. Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard Autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.